good morning and welcome to another episode of crime over coffee we're your hosts i'm erica and i'm abby today i'm going to tell you guys about the 2017 pennsylvania murders so pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in This is a case suggestion from Samantha S. So thank you, Samantha. In 2005, the DiNardo family purchased a farm in New Hope, Pennsylvania in Buck County. They grew their businesses throughout the years. They had a construction business and a snow removal business and owned a lot of property through this. They ended up having over 90 acres of property. Through building this business, the family had purchased quite a lot of land. They ended up with over 90 acres of land. This included land for their business, a farm that they had, um, a house that they owned. And the DiNardo, so Sandra and Tony, they were the ones who owned these businesses. And they had a son named Cosmo. Growing up, Cosmo was a pretty good kid. He was a straight-A student. He was known as dependable and hardworking. He had graduated from Holy Ghost Prep School and won a scholarship to a university. He had plans to become an orthodontist. This is going to sound so weird, but I always question why people become orthodontists or dentists. Like, what makes you all of a sudden want want to go into that profession? Like, obviously, we need that. I feel like it maybe stems from people who want to work in the medical field, but don't want to get too involved in the medical field, you know, because it's definitely a less extreme version. Personally, no part of me has ever wanted to work in the medical field because that sounds horrible. I agree. I mean, it takes a special kind of person to do jobs like that. But I always just wonder, like, did these kids walk into these buildings to get braces when they were younger and be like, (laughs) I want to be an orthodontist when I get older? I just love teeth. I love to look at them. I love to clean them, inspect them. Yeah, I don't know. Every so often I just see these jobs and I wonder, and I just wonder like what was the thought process to get to that job, which I mean is something that you could ask anybody for any type of job, but I'm just always really curious. Agreed. I love it. I love the like everybody's got their own thing, you know. Things started to change for Cosmo in 2015. Apparently, he had broken up with his girlfriend at the time, and he wanted to be a Navy SEAL, which didn't work out. He didn't end up going to school. And in 2016, he was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. He had done, at this point, a semester at the university, received a scholarship, but then dropped out and didn't complete his second semester. In May of 2016, He was involved in an ATV accident on the family farm, and he actually was pinned under the vehicle for hours. He ended up with some head injuries and compound leg fractures, which put him in a wheelchair for a little bit. And according to his mom, following this, he started to act a little strange. He wouldn't eat his mom's food, claiming that she was trying to poison him. He started to become pretty aggressive physically, and there was an incident I mean, there was a couple incidents, but there was one where his mom was trying to take him to the hospital to get him to voluntarily admit himself into mental facility. And he ended up 
biting her and hitting her, giving her a black eye. Were all these things that he had been doing completely unlike him prior to his accident? Absolutely. Um, His mom, Sandra, notes that this was just an extreme shift in his behavior. It makes you wonder how much brain damage he really did incur from this accident and what all they did or didn't see trauma-wise. It definitely accounts for something, I would say. I mean, it sounds like it hit some part of his brain that affected his uh, personality and ability to kind of control his emotions. He was put on antidepressants to try to counteract this, which caused him to gain a significant amount of weight, which also was a stressor for him as well. Can we talk about that for a split second? Go for it. Why do antidepressants always cause so much weight gain? Because a lot of people are struggling with things and they're already depressed. And now a lot of people then feel depressed about weight gain sometimes. And just feel like there's a better way to help with that. I don't know. It's just always baffled me. Yeah, I know. It's There's so many things that can go into like depression in these episodes. And certainly having self-esteem issues is a large part in it. In November of 2016, Cosmo began to see a specialist named Christian Kohler who evaluated and treated younger people that were dealing with an onset of mental illnesses. And he was being treated for bipolar disorder, schizoaffective disorder, and schizophrenia. He had been committed to hospitals in and out of them a couple times, psychiatric facilities, and it seemed to just increase his aggressive behavior. At some point, though, according to Kohler, he Cosmo began to kind of turn around and seem a little bit better. At one point, he had said that he didn't see Cosmo as a risk to himself or others, and had even said that Cosmo's bipolar disorder was in full remission in the summer of 2017. So during some of his bouts of aggressive behavior, Cosmo was getting in trouble for legal stuff as well. Some charges where he had a weapon he wasn't supposed to have, um, some burglary ones. Some, there was kind of a laundry list of them. Uh, some of them were violent. And he was really just struggling. And the years leading up to 2017, Cosmo's father, Antonio, had a sister, Vanessa, so it would have been Cosmo's aunt, who reached out to Cosmo's mother, and her son, Sean Kratz, was the same age as Cosmo, so they were 20 years old in 2017. They're actually born the same year Erica and I were born. Fun fact. Vanessa had reached out to Sandra because Sean was kind of going through some of the same issues as Cosmo. He was having depressive episodes, and because they were the same age, Vanessa wanted Sean and Cosmo to get together and see if they could like support each other and become friends. They were cousins, but they really hadn't seen each other much in the years leading up. So the moms were trying to, you know, find a way for these two to become friends. Both of them had lost their previous friends due to some of their depressive episodes. So I just want to clarify because you've mentioned quite a few people. So we have Cosmo, who is 20 in 2017, and his cousin is Sean, and they haven't hung out much. And then we have Cosmo's dad, Antonio, and Cosmo's mom, Sandra. And then we have the aunt, Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah, so I'm just working my way through the family tree here. Yeah, there's just been a lot of names dropped, so I want to make sure that I was all caught up. Yeah. 
The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. The main focus of this part of the story is on Sean and Cosmo. Sean, as I said, had his own issues. He had gotten into quite a few situations. He was actually investigated in an attempted murder case in Philadelphia, prior. Uh, Apparently, he was suspected of shooting another man who ended up being left in a wheelchair after this incident. He, Sean himself actually had been in an incident where he was shot multiple times. And because of this, he walked with a limp and had some issues. This was through a drive by attack. He also had violent tendencies as Cosmo did. There is an incident where he held a gun up to his nine-year-old brother and threatened to blow his brains out and had threatened to kill his sister as well. He had been in and out of psychiatric facilities and hospitals. And you just seen there's a lot of similarities between Cosmo and Sean, but their moms were hopeful that maybe they could help support each other and come out of this. So for Cosmo, we saw a lot of like the change in personality after the ATV accident, but was the same for Sean? Was that after he'd been shot or had he always just kind of been like this since he was a child? I don't know a lot of the history on Sean's childhood. It seems to me that he's always had issues though. Um, he was shot after the attempted murder that he was investigated for. And amongst both of these two is a connection to drugs and dealing drugs on top of that. So I think it's safe to assume that maybe there was some drug use mixed in as well. Do you know what age he was when he held a gun to his brother? Uh, Yeah, that was in September of 2016. Oh, okay. So he was obviously old enough to know better. Yeah, he would have been 19. Yeah, I was just trying to figure it out because you said the brother was nine. So I was just trying to see how old he was if he really knew what was going on. So all of this brings us to... July of 2017. What I'm going to do now is running through a timeline of events that happened in the area around this time. I'm going to introduce some new names. And these are victims of Cosmo and Sean. So I'm going to be going through their timeline, their situation and their stories now. So I'm going to shift. There's going to be some more names coming in. So on Wednesday, July 5th in 2017, 19-year-old Jimmy Patrick, who at the time lived in Newtown, Pennsylvania, same area that Cosmo and Sean lived, leaves his grandparents' home where he lived around 6 p.m. Jimmy had been a star pitcher at his local school. He was at this time attending Loyola University on a full scholarship and had apparently made the dean's list. But he leaves around 6 p.m., like I said, and his family and friends don't hear from him again. The next day, so July 6th, he is reported missing. Friday, July 7th, so two days after Jimmy goes missing, 
Mark Sturgis, who is 22 years old, tells his dad that he is going to go meet up with one of his friends and co-workers, Thomas Mio. They work together at a construction company. Mark was described as smart, an athlete, an all-around pretty good guy, and he leaves his home, and just like Jimmy, he's not heard from again. Thomas Mio is meeting up with Mark, as I mentioned, and the last he has heard from is at 6.53 p.m. when his girlfriend received a text message from him, and she later tells police, I've not heard from him, and that's really out of the ordinary, and so he is also reported as missing shortly thereafter. The same day, Friday, July 7th, same day that Mark and Thomas say they're going to go off and do something and are not heard from again. Another man, 19-year-old Dean Finocchiero, who worked at a ice cream shop in the same area, goes missing. He leaves his home around 6.30 and is not seen again. So what we have here is four men from the same area going missing within a two-day period. That's definitely suspicious. It also seems really fast-paced. Not quite like spree-killing, but like very, very fast. It didn't seem like there's any cool-off periods. Three of them all go missing within the same like couple-hour period, basically, on that Friday. By Saturday, all these men are reported missing by their family and friends. And on Saturday, July 8th, it's reported to police that Cosmo was trying to sell Thomas Mio's car to a friend in a nearby town, which didn't pan out. He also, around 5 p.m. that Saturday, contacted another man trying to sell the same car for $500. Additionally, on Sunday, the day after, around 2.10 in the morning, Mark Sturgis's car is found abandoned about two miles away from the farm that Cosmo DiNardo's family owns. And then later on, police are at the DiNardo property and find Mio's car inside a garage, which nobody purchased it, apparently. And within his car was Mio's diabetic kit. So he was a diabetic. And according to his family, he was dependent on insulin and he would never have left this kit behind because it could lead to his death. So at this point, law enforcement agencies and the FBI are pretty sure somehow the DiNardos are involved. Obviously, the vehicles are found near and around the property. And they arrest Cosmo DiNardo on Monday, July 10th on an unrelated gun charge that was from February of 2016, where he illegally possessed a shotgun and ammunition. And they do this so that they can search the home and the property. So Cosmo is now in custody. And on Tuesday, July 11th, his dad actually posts bail for him. However, FBI and investigators are thoroughly investigating the property. They have construction equipment, cadaver dogs, volunteers, everybody looking in the area. At one point, they were able to identify a signal from one of the cell phones of the missing men that pinged on the DiNardo family property. At this point, they're looking around. And like I said, Cosmo was back home because they had posted bail. So between the cars being found on and around the property and the cell phone pinging there, I 
think Cosmo's kind of screwed. He definitely seems suspicious, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not looking too good for him. No. So Wednesday, July 12th, authorities announced that they have found several pieces of evidence on the property, on the DiNardo property, but nobody's remains yet. And at this point, investigators arrest Cosmo DiNardo again, this time charging him for trying to sell Thomas Mio's car, assuming that Cosmo had stolen it at the very least. And at this point, his bail is increased to $5 million and he's noted as a flight risk. That seems like a steep bail and I'm assuming his father's not able to come up with the money for that one. No, uh, the first one was set. His first bail was at one million, which you only have to pay ten percent of that. So he'd put up a hundred thousand for Cosmo. I don't think he had the money to put up ten percent of this five million dollar bail. Additionally, so this takes us to Thursday, July thirteenth, about a week after the men had gone missing. Authorities announced that they have found and identified. Dean Finichiero's remains on the property. And later this day, Cosmo's attorney comes forward and says that Cosmo is going to confess to the murder of all four men as part of a plea deal, which would take the death penalty off of the table. Question. Yes. Where is Sean through all of this? Home. (laughs) They don't even know that Sean is a part of this quite yet. What we have now, though, is Cosmo's confession on what happens, which is going to, in turn, bring Sean into the mix. From Cosmo's confession, we learned that on July 5th, the day that Jimmy Patrick went missing, he was lured to the DiNardo property by Cosmo to purchase some marijuana. It was supposedly around $8,000 worth of it, and Jimmy Patrick did not have enough money for this. So Cosmo DiNardo offers to sell Jimmy Patrick a shotgun for the amount of money that he did have, but instead then shoots and kills him with a 22 caliber rifle. Then Cosmo uses a backhoe to dig a hole to dispose of Jimmy Patrick's body. Cosmo tells authorities that on Friday, July 7th, himself and Sean Kratz, his cousin, had offered to sell Dean Finichiero some marijuana as well. They pick him up from his house around 6.30, and they had already had plans to rob Dean. According to Cosmo, they bring him to the property, and Sean decided to shoot Dean in the head, and then Cosmo shot him again after this. According to Sean, he never shot Dean, and that was a lie. I don't know how accurate that is or if it was just said to kind of take off one of the murders from his plate. They then placed Dean's body in a metal tank that they had on the property. Later this same night, Cosmo and Sean meet up with Thomas Mio and Mark Sturgis to sell them marijuana as well. Thomas Mio and Mark Sturgis show up at the property and Cosmo then shoots Thomas Mio in the back. And as Mark Sturgis goes to run away, he is shot as well. And then it's reported that Cosmo got on the backhoe and ran over Mark Sturgis to kill him. I, that sounds so incredibly painful. I can't imagine. And what's insane about this is obviously it wasn't a drug deal gone wrong because they're just murdering people at this point. 
They then placed the two men's bodies in that same metal tank, put gasoline in it, and try to burn the bodies, and then bury the tank on the property as well. So when they found Dean's remains, how did they also not find Thomas's and Mark's? They were buried in different areas. Later on, they are able to find and identify the other bodies as well. On Friday, July 14th, Sean Kratz is brought into custody and charged with Three counts of criminal homicide, abuse of a corpse, robbery, inflicted injury, and possession of weapons. Cosmo is charged with four counts of criminal homicide, abuse of a corpse, robbery, inflicting injury, and possession of weapons as well. Later on during that day, Cosmo also claims that he killed a woman in the basement of a Philadelphia home and some other man, but this has never been corroborated by authorities they don't know that this is actually true i struggle with those cases where people like confess but it's like did you did you really do it like why would you confess to that when you're already being charged with like all these other things at this point anyways it does seem weird um in this case i think i think cosmo is just kind of kind of losing it you know it seems like he's a little unhinged there's a lot going on well i would say a lot unhinged but he's got He's got a lot of uh, mental issues happening. On July 14th, Sean Kratz also gets charged with conspiracy to commit criminal homicide and some other charges as well. And like I said, he had a criminal history that was a little bit more intense than Cosmo's. And in 2019, Sean Kratz gets convicted and is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole i'm not really surprised by the charge and in 2018 cosmo denardo pleads guilty to all four counts of murder and was sentenced to four consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole this just all seems wild to to think of the fact that cosmo prior to this atv incident that happened a couple of years prior he just seemed like a normal guy almost and then this atv incident happens and he just completely changes and he kind of gets into this state of violence that ends up leading to the murder of four different individuals i also feel kind of bad for aunt vanessa because she sends sean to like hang out with cosmo more so that he can kind of get back on the straight and narrow but i just feel like it kind of he just kind of got brought down into all this murder and stuff that ended up occurring and all this crime. You know, I'm glad you said that because I do want to kind of real quick discuss Vanessa and Sandra and specifically Sandra and Antonio, Cosmo's parents. They are really torn up about this. They feel terrible and they're pretty confident that the system kind of failed their son. They were doing everything they could to get him into to facilities and get him mental health assistance and it just seemed like it wasn't it wasn't working properly for him for one reason or another a lot of people put a lot of blame on the family and the parents but I don't to me it sounds like they were doing everything they could I agree do the parents ever say anything about having any like suspicions that this was like occurring on their property or anything i think it all just happened so fast that they had no idea um there is an interview with sandra where she says i mean she had already gotten rid of most of the like guns on their property after cosmo started exhibiting issues she had one left that she didn't even know cosmo knew about and sean kind of like was over there and distracted her while cosmo took it apparently 
So to me, it seems like she didn't know it was to this extreme at all. Yeah. I'm curious. Do do you know? I don't know if you do, but do you know anything about like if Cosmo or Sean's parents saw any like shift in behavior or anything that would indicate that they were doing this when it was occurring? Were they acting more aggressive during those days at home? Were they acting less aggressive? Was it kind of the same? There was not really a change? Yeah, I'm not sure. My interpretation is that the boys were kind of absent during those days. Like I said, um, the family, especially the Denardo family, had 90 acres of property with multiple homes. They had farm area. I think maybe they weren't as in close contact. That would just be my assumption. But it all happened, like I said, so quick. I, I, To me, too... Cosmo had clearly been acting aggressive anyway. He'd already kind of beat up on his mom at different points in time. So I don't know how much of a shift could have even occurred. It was probably just day-to-day, yeah, normal daily life for them at this point. I think the story really shows the extent that mental illness can affect people. And I am, as sad as the story is, at least they, the families have some sort of justice. But From interviews with the families of the victims, it seems like they're struggling with it just because it was so random. And I think it's just a really sad story overall for everybody involved. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. If you would like to support us, go to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also join our Patreon family, where you can get early access to our episodes and exclusive content such as our new Monday minis and a bonus monthly episode for as little as a cup of coffee a month. Donations to our podcast are always greatly appreciated and go into making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. If interested, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you have case suggestions, feel free to reach out through any of our platforms or email at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.